Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We normally focus on technology in this podcast series, but today we're going to look at something different. We are going to talk about consumers and about the interaction between brands and consumers when we talk about sustainability. How do we transition into a more sustainable way of living? And what is the role of brands in that transition? The background for this podcast episode is a webinar held by FSC and Globescan, where we invited some of the world's biggest brands to share how they work collaboratively with consumers as we transition. But we also, during the webinar, heard from Globescan. Globescan is a global insights and advisory consultancy that recently helped FSC look into consumer behavior, consumer attitudes, and consumer awareness about FSC. So let's kick off by hearing from Globescan's Caroline Holm, who can tell us what the numbers look like. The study Caroline was explaining about was an online research study done in July 2021 with a global sample size of 12,000 consumers worldwide. The study was done across 15 markets, which were Canada, Chile, Colombia, China, Germany, India, Italy, Mexico, Poland, South Africa, South Korea, Sweden, Turkey, United Kingdoms, and the United States. The research was a follow-up of a similar survey done in 2017 in eight of the 15 markets, which means that we can actually start comparing the developments and consumer attitudes over time. But I will let Caroline explain much more. So where I'm going to start is with issues that people as citizens are concerned about. At the very top of the agenda are health related to COVID and then climate change. 53% of people put health issues in their top three worries and 41% put climate change in their top three worries. And we've seen this over and over again in Globescan's research that we've been conducting over the years and especially this year. We found that overall, more people are worried about more things. And climate change is a bigger concern than it's ever been. Uh, and in the eight tracking countries, concern about climate change has increased 15 points since 2017, more than health, where we saw an 11 point rise. Uh, and that's in spite of the, the pandemic. The high levels of concern about climate change. But then when we focus in on forest issues, we can see that two things are at the very top of the agenda in the public's mind. So first of all, loss of biodiversity, and that's ranked in their top three by 42% of people. And then the climate impact of deforestation by 39% of people. So the link between deforestation and climate change is really concerning for people. So that was people as citizens. Now we're going to look at people as consumers and as purchasers of wood and paper products and find out a bit more about what they think. In our survey, we tested out a series of statements with consumers and we found that there was high levels of support for sustainable forestry across pretty much all of these statements. At least eight in 10 people expressed agreement in preferring products that either protect biodiversity, that avoid deforestation, or that are made of renewable materials, or all of those. So people's concerns, we saw just now as citizens, are carrying through to their attitudes as consumers. But then when we get to their motivations as shoppers, what do they value most? 
Well, to understand this better, we use a trade-off technique called maximum differentiation, where we wanted to measure uh, consumers' priorities when they choose wood and paper products. And when forced to make a choice, we found that their values carried through to their motivators. The top two motivators for buying paper products relate to biodiversity and responsible forestry. And these are actually ahead of quality and recycled materials in people's minds. Price is lower down on the list and lower than we would normally see when we do this kind of exercise. To another set of people, we asked the same question, but this time it was about wooden products. So that's things like furniture, toys, flooring, a host of different things, more sort of larger items. And we found a slightly different picture here. Uh, and quality was top of the list. And then that was followed by diversity and responsible forestry. Being independently certified was ranked at number four. So thinking of independent certification, we asked some questions about this and we found that demand for independent certification is high, with just over three quarters of people in the 15 countries agreeing that information about sustainability on products should be certified by an independent organisation. And if you look across at the different countries, that percentage has increased in all of the eight markets where we conducted this research back in 2017. So support for independent certifications generally is pretty high. So let's move on to look at FSC specifically. First of all, we found that 56% of consumers across the 15 markets recall seeing the FSC label. 23% of people seeing it often and 33% seeing it occasionally. And of course, these numbers vary quite a lot by market, but overall recall is higher than for any other forest certification in countries where FSC products are available. And then we found that trust in the FSC is also high. 55% of people have a lot or complete confidence in the FSC to protect forests. Only 11% of people say they have little or no confidence. And when we net out those two extremes, you can see very high net positive trust scores for the FSC, for certifications generally, for NGOs, and also for individual people. But confidence or net trust in companies and governments to protect forests is much lower and, and going even into negative territory in the government trust levels. So finally, my last thing I wanted to share was the levels of support that we saw amongst people who have some knowledge of FSC. 74% of people say that they would recommend FSC products to their friends and family, and 61% saying that they would probably or definitely pay more for FSC products. And if you think back to earlier, we saw that price is a weaker driver of purchase compared to sustainability-related factors. So more than half of the global consumers that we asked actually know FSC, they have high trust in FSC and 74% of the ones that know FSC say that they will recommend buying FSC products to their friends and family. And 61% say that they will pay more. Naturally, we know that that's not always the case, but it definitely shows a very clear tendency. The host of the webinar, Globescan's Chris Coulter asked a follow-up question. Why is it that consumers place so much trust in certification schemes? What is it that they're looking for? Let's hear what she replied. 
I think that it's an easy way for people to be able to recognize that something is trustworthy and sustainable. So they can easily look at a, a logo, especially something like FSC, which is fairly well known. It's an easy way for them to buy sustainably. We know that they want to buy sustainably, but it's a struggle for them to do that. So the first thing is it's very easy for them to do. And then the second thing is the independence is still important when we think about trust levels in other types of institutions and trust in, in NGOs is certainly a lot higher than it is in corporates and other types of organizations. It was clear in Caroline's recap of the survey that consumers care and they want to change. Now let's move into the panel debate between Hunter Boots, Procter Gamble, Globescan and FSC about what brands can do and should do to help consumers actually do that change. We'll start by hearing from Jeremy Harrison, FSC's chief market officer, on what the study showed and if we're seeing those tendencies within FSC as well. I think it's really clear from what Caroline has explained that consumers have spoken and are speaking very loudly to us on these topics. And it's really clear that climate change and biodiversity loss are the, are the real big concerns, of course, in addition to the current pandemic, which is on everyone's mind, obviously. But climate change in particular has really grown in, in, in importance. And what's really interesting from FSC's perspective is that forests really are a key connection point to these issues. People understand that forests play a significant role in the climate and therefore the ability to influence that through choosing forest products that support sustainable development, I think, are really providing that connection. And as Caroline just mentioned, people do appreciate that the need for certification and the value that brings. And within that, we're very pleased to see that FSC has been seen as the most recognized and trusted scheme that does make a difference in terms of protecting the world's forests. So there is a willingness to engage and to change and to try to be acting positively. The clear message is that markets and consumers are a driving force and are a real significant and powerful force for change that we already know about and we know that they're important. So how do we capitalize on this opportunity and, and really unleash this, the power of sustainable business for the future of our forests? And I'll give you just a little bit of background. I will let Jeremy fade out here because I assume that you as a listener of this podcast series actually already know what FSC is. If you don't, I apologize. And I refer to some of the previous episodes where we dive much deeper into that. Going back to the consumers and how brands communicate to them. I thought it would be pretty interesting to you to hear how Procter & Gamble and their Charmin brand communicate to consumers and other stakeholders and what they saw in return. Let's hear from Procter & Gamble's Tanya Elrod. We as a company have a preference for FSC for all the reasons that Jeremy outlined. And we demonstrate that preference in several ways. And one of them is how we communicate to consumers. So I'll give you an example. And this is a Charmin example. So I'm going to share with you a 30-second video that we have shared with consumers that discusses our Charmin brand ambition. At Charmin, we make paper, but we love trees. That's why we protect forests by using pulp certified by the Forest Stewardship Council. It's why we regrow at least two trees for every tree we use. And it's why, when forests are devastated by natural disasters, Charmin helps restore trees through the Arbor Day Foundation. So you can enjoy the go, but forests remain forests. Charmin. So we've shared this video with consumers, and then we've had several other actions that we've taken in terms of marketing. We've done some 
work in social media to convey how we're going to protect, grow, and restore forests. Some of our landowners who are FSC certified shared their stories on how they manage their land with FSC certification. We've partnered with influencers who focus on environmental sustainability, and we've shared with them the importance of FSC, and they've helped us convey that story to their followers. So the results have been interestingly surprising to us. Our sustainability message was conveyed. What's more interesting is the likability of Charmin was very high, and consumers had a higher purchase intent of Charmin from this campaign. This campaign wasn't designed to sell the softness or strength of Charmin, although it is strong and it is soft. It, it was designed to convey our commitment to FSC and environmental sustainability and responsible sourcing, but it did result in consumers wanting to purchase Charmin more. So now we're going to go further and we're going to put FSC on the front of Charmin's packaging. So that's coming up in 2022. Now, in addition to talking to consumers, We've gone further and created a tool to speak with others, whether it's our customers, investors, NGO partners, legislators, any partner who would want to dive deep into our Charmin brand ambition. And Procter & Gamble has what we call a life lab. And it's an interactive experience where you create an avatar and you go into a virtual experience and you can interact with different brands. So within our Life Lab, we have an area for Charmin that discusses our protect, grow, and restore pillars. I'll share with you a video that gives you a peek into the Life Lab. You may know about Charmin's ongoing commitment to protect, grow, and restore the Earth's forests. It's how we're able to make a superior product while ensuring our forests stay healthy. To give you a closer look at all the work we do for sustainability, we created- So that's a little of how P&G is communicating FSC to our consumers. As Tanya explained to us, it's become crucially clear for Procter & Gamble how putting sustainability front and center for your brand story can actually end up in increasing sales. What if we look at another category, one further away from the everyday household optics like toilet paper, and into one of those which Caroline referred to as being more impacted by other elements like design, quality, or price. Let's look into Hunter Boots and what closer focus on sustainability has meant for them. Because Hunter is the world's most globally recognized rubber Wellington boots company, and we hold two royal warrants, we know it's just incredibly important to lead by example. Because natural rubber is at the heart of our brand, protecting forests and the communities that depend on them is critically important to our business. So this is why we made the sector-leading commitment that 100% of our footwear will be made from FSC-certified natural rubber by 2025. We'd really like nothing more than for other footwear brands to join us on this journey. For us, it's this is not a competitive space. You know, we want there to be high demand for this valuable commodity so that more rubber plantations globally can start adopting the FSC standard as well. So in order to meet FSC's stringent requirements, we've been working really hard to transform our supply chain and bring our suppliers along on this journey with us. So we've been working in close partnership with our suppliers to improve standards and achieve best practice in responsible forestry. We've published our forest materials policy. We developed a manual on responsible forestry for land managers, and we're also planning to conduct training across our business and throughout our supply chain next month. When we launched our first FSC boot in 2020, we were met with many challenges. We learned that the customer just did not understand what FSC meant with regards to boots. 
they might be used to seeing the logo on paper and packaging, but they just had no idea what it meant for rubber. Rubber is an emerging commodity for FSC, so people are just simply not used to seeing the logo on rubber products. It's also possible that many of our consumers just also don't understand that rubber comes from trees. So what we learned was that we really do need to educate and engage with our consumers more actively on FSC and sustainability. So when we relaunched the FSC boot, we did it in conjunction with our Hunter Protect launch in August. We created like a richer, deeper story around our boots connection to forests. So the first thing we did, we gave the product a more customer facing name. So we named it the Protect Our Forest Boot. Second, we created playful and striking imagery for our various channels. We showcased the boots in nature, in the forest, sitting alongside trees. And third, we felt somewhat limited just by the way we could describe the FSC boot. FSC rightfully has very strict standards on what we can and cannot say about the rubber. So we weren't allowed to use more customer-friendly descriptions like sustainable rubber or green wellies. These words are just a little too ambiguous and they pose risks to the credibility and integrity of FSC. However, our customers just don't understand very industry-focused words like chain of custody verification or auditing against standards. That's not very exciting. So partly to address these limitations, we created a whole story around this boot. We developed an incentive for customers to learn more about the product. We partnered with a globally recognized forest conservation charity. So proceeds of this boot were donated to World Land Trust to fund the annual salary of a local conservationist in Borneo, where earlier this year we worked on a tree planting initiative to reestablish connectivity between areas of forest that were once whole. So again, just really drilling home that message that this boot is about forests, conservation, biodiversity, and nature. And I think the most important learning we had from all of this was it really is a dual responsibility here. You know, it's not just FSC but the brands really need to engage with and educate our consumers. So with regards to our communication strategy, we learned that we can't just have a standalone sustainability on our website. We now incorporate FSC and sustainability into everything that we do. We have this kind of always on approach, both internally and externally. And since our launch this summer, there's been a regular rhythm via our direct marketing channels of updated content and products to highlight Hunter Protect and FSC. So this messaging is now a really essential part of our communication strategy with our customers. And for wider audiences, we received really positive response from the media with multiple articles from the US, the UK, China, and many more markets where the brand is active. We've also worked with influencers who share our values and beliefs so that they're able to highlight our FSC products to their own followers. Our commitment to sourcing FSC certified rubber has actually opened doors to special collaborations. So this autumn, winter 21, we're really proud to launch our exclusive Selfridges Garden Maze boot. The design is inspired by nature and embodies uh, a shared commitment to protecting the environment from both companies. All the natural rubber here is FSC certified and the product will be sold exclusively in their four department stores across the UK. So for Hunter, I guess you could say, you know, we've seen many benefits to FSC certification. We've been able to transform our supply chain and take our suppliers on this journey of responsible sourcing and responsible forestry. We've had the opportunity to engage with purposeful forest NGOs such as FSC, World Land Trust, Rainforest Alliance and Canopy. We've been able to drum up excitement within our internal teams. We've found creative ways to engage with B2B partners who love the idea of an FSC certified boot. And we're just learning to engage with our customers better on FSC and sustainability. That was some pretty powerful activations of certified products from both Procter & Gamble and Hunter Boots. 
From here on out, I will allow Chris Kolcher, CEO of Globescan, who was moderating the webinar, ask the questions. Take it away, Chris. My, my sense is that from both of you, the way you were talking, these are kind of newish experiments or new approaches to engaging consumers. Tanya, you said the impact is positive so far, that campaign, and you almost said, surprisingly, it's positive in some ways. Where are we as businesses, do you think, in actually taking the time and effort to put our advertising acumen and resources into engaging consumers on sustainability? It's a journey, right? So we're on a journey to communicating to consumers, whether at Procter & Gamble, whether it's Tide cold water and the importance of cold water washing, or it's Pampers Pure and offering our moms and dads a diaper that has some natural ingredients that they're seeking. So it's a journey that we're on. And obviously we're all increasing the education to consumers. And that's how we're going to bring them along this journey with us of choosing responsible products and uh, helping reduce their environmental impact. And, and Tina, what's your sense of how the engagements you've done so far with consumers? Is it working? Are you getting some positive feedback? So it's all very new. This only just launched a couple of months ago. So we're still waiting on the stats, but my sense is just through Instagram posts and social media activity. Yeah, people are very excited that we're talking about the sustainability work that we're doing, that we're engaging with FSC and other NGOs and charities. It's back to that say-do gap where consumers say one thing and yet the behavior doesn't add up to that say, and we've called it the aspiration action gap. What's your sense of why that gap exists, Caroline, and how do we close it? So we've done quite a lot of research in this, and I think understanding some of the barriers is very helpful. And we know that there are four main barriers stopping people from taking climate action lack of government support, lack of business support, price is also an issue, and not knowing what to do. And just to touch on a couple of those, I think on the business side, so we've heard a bit about from Tonya and also from Tina about how people can buy more responsibly. So some of those communication campaigns are just so helpful in enabling people to buy more responsibly. I think there's also a side to consumers seeing what business is doing themselves as well in their operations. I think that's another piece that's really important. On the price side, people are quite price sensitive to climate solutions. You know, they see things like Tesla cars and they see some of these sort of higher price options and they're keen to find more cost effective, more affordable, accessible options. And then finally, on the advice side, I think that's where things like certifications are really helpful because they do enable people, they're sort of giving them information that's quick and easy to digest. It's giving people direction and it's just a sort of makes it easy for them rather than make it quite a complicated sort of effort of trying to find lots and lots of information. Yeah, and I think picking up where Tanya and Tina were going too, uh, there, there's a great study done by the Stern School in New York City, part of the Center for Sustainable Business, called the Sustainable Market Share Index, where they looked at 70,000 products sold in the U.S. that represent 30% of consumer good purchases, so a very big proportion of what people are spending money on. And it showed only 16% of products have some sort of sustainability message or certification. Some of those could be poor or weak or greenwashing even, but still 84% of what we buy has no connection to the sustainability conversation, which to me tells us that we're still quite early in this journey. And as you said, Tanya, it's a journey and we've got to do more, but we shouldn't assume that gap between what people say and what they do is just because they don't get it. We haven't done an effective job at a 
systemic level to engage, compel, make it kind of both irresistible and inevitable for consumers. So we're early. Jeremy, we looked at the certifications as being an important channel for consumers, and we saw that there's high levels of trust in FSC and high levels of awareness and growing levels of engagement and interest across the world. Why do you think consumers trust FSC? And I'm not trying to give you a softball question necessarily, but what is it about the, what you've learned and how you've created and cultivated the certification that seems to break through and in the skeptical world we live in that consumers actually trust? I think it's the care that we go to to make this credible and really make sense. And, and as Tina said, and really being quite rigorous in the way that we present ourselves and the way that we work with our partners to really keep on the right side of the balance between making it easy to access, but also rigorous and, and credible. So I think we've done a good job of keeping that balance uh, and keeping that credibility. And we have safeguards in place to avoid issues with greenwashing. We, we're very careful to make sure that's done very well. And I think that's ultimately you know, why we have that strength and that trust. And, and as you say, this is the beginning and we have a fantastic platform in terms of the level of recognition, which is outstanding. But now is the time to go deeper into those communications and really start engaging and creating enthusiasm and understanding about what we're doing to take it to the next level of real engagement. And I think that's a sort of a link to the previous question around the bridging the gap between attitude and action is we've got to make it easy, but we've also got to make it credible and inspiring and create some real understanding of the opportunities and the impact that this is having. So it's a tremendously exciting prospect. And Tanya, how do you, from the Charmin example, or even broadly across PNG, how are you viewing the value of certification and FSC certification as a business? What's the approach to try and assess this is worthwhile or not worthwhile? Well, part of our purpose at PNG is to be a force for good. And part of being a force for good is ensuring that the work that we're doing and the way that we source our ingredients and our materials is responsible. And these are areas where FSC is the expert in this case, and in other cases, there's other certifications where they're an expert in areas where we may not have that strong of expertise. And so to partner with credible third parties to work together on our supply chain sourcing helps us achieve that purpose of being a force for good. And, and let's talk a little about the future of certification, if we could, Jeremy. Where do you think, I mean, or how far we want to talk, five years, 10 years from now, but where, where does the entire certification movement move, do you think? And how do we approach the potential ambitions or the limits of sustainably sourcing everything that we grow on, on the planet? Well, I think it's going across many different fronts, obviously, and many colleagues working in different areas, but obviously we're working on the fundamentals of the system to strengthen those, to improve the level of integrity within the system using technology, investing in blockchain in order to build even more trust in our approach and the work that we're doing. And then I think from that, building a, a much bigger base of impact information. So really helping people understand what the real impacts are on the ground, what's the reality of the benefit that this is creating. And then I think the third area is really bringing these together in a communications approach that builds on the credibility, but also makes much more easier engagement and more fun, more interesting, more inspiring messages, working with our partners on those areas and innovating in terms of 
being easier to find and easier to choose through online retail is a good example of that. And I think that links back to very much what Caroline was saying about ease of choice and, and making life easier for people to, to make the right choice. So we're going through a, a really exciting time within FSC, really building on all of these areas of, of what we do to really make a bigger and bigger impact looking forward. And Caroline, a question to you, because I know you've led a lot of our work on certifications broadly. What, what is your understanding or view of sustainability and quality and how does these things work in the modern age? That's a massive question. I think they're, they're intertwined and I think consumers get that more than ever. So they understand that quality means durability and they are getting that message more and more. So they are increasingly understanding that it's not just about recycling, it's also about making things last that you already have. So I think there is certainly a quality piece that's more and more important, but there's also a price factor in there as well. So there's accessibility, quality and sustainability are really the key things that people are looking for. Excellent. Let's go back to you, Jeremy, and share some last takeaways for all of us to, to think forward. Great. Thanks, Chris. Just as a way of, of wrapping up and, and leaving you with some ideas for how to, to take this forward and join with us on this journey together. We've got six ways that you can work together with us on this. So firstly, become FSC certified. If you're a business and you're sourcing forest materials, obviously make a commitment to source 100% of FSC. It's a really good way to make change happen and move along in a rapid way. Next up is linked to that, creating a forest policy to really signal to your suppliers and partners in the value chain that you really mean business when it comes to committing to changes in your sourcing policies to amplify the fact that you're looking for FSC certified material and making a commitment. And the next area of really working to raise the profile of forest sustainability in your consumer communications. We've seen some outstanding examples today of how organizations are doing that. And we, we're really keen to support you with that and really drive that communication in a more engaging way. Highlighting your products on e-commerce platforms, obviously in the physical retail environment, you have the label to see and the shoppers can see that, whereas on an e-commerce platform, it's not quite the same experience. So really highlight the fact that the products are certified and give information that helps people make the right choice. Of course, you could also become an FSC member and it's a very powerful way to get involved in our system and you will then have a part to play in driving the future of the organization and then finally as consumers as we all are consumers at the end of the day look out for the fsc label when you're shopping so those are the, the six key ways please go out there and uh, help us make it happen and I think it's such a fantastic counterpoint to the complexity of sustainability where we have a very rigorous, robust solution and yet has a very simple catalytic role for 8 billion of us to live differently and connect those dots. So with that, I would love to... Um, That's it. I will just let Chris me, continue um, his thank yous and, and wrap up in the background while I wrap up with you guys. I'm sure that the entire panel is completely right. Consumers are calling for sustainability to be front and center in their purchase decisions. They care about companies that care. And they're much more knowledgeable and able to understand complex challenges like climate change, biodiversity and the impact of their actions than we often give them credit for. But they're also looking for certification schemes and companies to help them find the easiest possible ways of putting action behind their intentions of change. In a few episodes time, I will be talking to Etienne White from Brands for Good 
and Lisa Kilo from FSC about how companies can join forces both with each other and with consumers to be able to be that guide and create those solutions. So much more hands-on advice coming up in a few episodes time. Until then, if you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovations and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I am Laura Worm and this was Forest for the Future.